Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherwood. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, J.C. Sherbert here with an emergency podcast here. Uh, just got the news uh, about uh, an hour ago. South Carolina <clears throat> is seeking new leadership for its men's basketball program. Head coach Frank Martin is out. After 10 seasons, 171 and 147 overall record, only two postseason appearances. One was the Final Four. One was the NIT the year before the Final Four. Gamecocks got passed over for an NIT bid yet again. Uh, I suppose it doesn't matter what my thoughts are on the NIT snub yet again and then the selection criteria for that tournament uh, and really the NCAAs too. I was, you know, taking South Carolina out of it, folks. I was a little bit, uh, you know, dis- I, I don't like the net rankings. I think it's, it's a, it's a, it, it emphasizes the wrong things. Uh, and the committee can sit there, committees can sit there and say all they want. They don't, you know, go by that or its body of work or whatever. But, uh, you know, Texas A&M getting left out was a travesty. Uh, I thought Wake Forest, a 23-win team from the ACC, getting left out was awful. Uh, I see some of these Big Ten teams that got in because their metrics are good or whatever, and I just didn't like it. But that's – let's not talk – we don't have to talk about that right now, obviously. Uh, What you guys want to know is what's going to happen with the South Carolina men's basketball program. And uh, that's a conversation that, uh, you know, needs to happen. Uh, I'll tell you this. Here's my take on it. I personally have mixed emotions. Um, I thought, as most Gamecocks do, uh, and I'm kind of in a little bit different situation because, you know, with my work, I try not to be a fan. Uh, But I think everybody knows where my loyalties lie and, you know, all that, uh, the final four is one of the best moments. Uh, I think of my sports life, you know, just, uh, being there in Phoenix with 
you know, 12, 13,000 Gamecocks, the final four, uh, the fact that, you know, you have everybody there that's synonymous with college basketball. And you sit there and you see South Carolina up there on the side of that uh, stadium that looks like a toaster uh, out in Phoenix, along with Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Oregon. And um, honestly, that's uh, that was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. The game was good, too. Disappointing uh, when they lost, but shoot, they came back. And I mean, a lot of people speculate if they hadn't all had the flu that week, what would have happened? Uh, I thought North Carolina, the two games I watched them out there were, was kind of uninspired, believe it or not, to be a Final Four team. They squeaked by Oregon, and then Gonzaga just fell apart in the championship game, uh, as Gonzaga sometimes does. They did that against Baylor this past year, too. But uh, see if that happens with the Zags this year. I think they're due for a breakthrough. They're really good. But, um, you know, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, unlike some people who, you know, don't like Frank Martin's sideline antics or, you know, think he can't coach or, you know, think he struggles to get basketball players. You know, I, I didn't really buy any of that. Um, I do think uh, at some points this season, I looked and I thought, uh, you know, Carolina needs more players, better players. Uh, but that's the first season I've really thought that. I, you know, two years ago when they called off the the season before the SEC tournament, that team underachieved, I thought, because of the, the bad losses. Uh, but they had some good wins, and certainly I thought they were talented enough. Uh, to make the big dance. And when you're losing to Stetson and Boston U at home and, you know, you're blowing the Northern Iowa game and you're blowing a game at Vandy at the end of the year that would have helped you, that's not really players. I don't know really if it's coaching either, but it's just, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, and, I, and I thought that was the year 2020 with everybody uh, that they had a chance to make some noise. And quite frankly, they uh, – they did um, make some noise, <laughs> uh, beat Virginia on the road, beat Kentucky at home, won at Arkansas. Uh, but then those losses just, just killed them that year. And this year there was some, you know, the Coastal Carolina game was bad. Uh, people can say the Princeton game, you know, Princeton's a, a very successful program. They routinely win games against high majors. I, I don't really count that, but Coastal was an inexcusable loss. Uh, and then Carolina just never could – find uh, multiple big-time wins to get back on the bubble. And then the net hurt them because, they, they, you know, Carolina lost badly at times and won close. And I guess that matters nowadays in college football. But or, Sorry, college, college basketball, men's college basketball. But, uh, you know, to heck with it. That's uh, water under the bridge. Um, but uh, I'll say this, uh, Frank Morton, I think, doesn't deserve a lot of scorn on the way out. I don't think he deserves – uh, some of the crap that, that got piled on Will Muschamp for, you know, leaving and not making a statement. I mean, I think Will actually probably could have made a statement and people would have been a little bit better, but they, they kind of got mad at him for that. But I, uh, a great source on that one told me, you know, he still felt like he had anything to say. Uh, and he was, you know, just a, didn't win enough. And that's kind of Will Muschamp. But, you know, I, I think Frank Martin gave it, gave it his all. Uh, I think that, Obviously, you know, when you are a when you have a program that matters and South Carolina men's basketball matters, you know, it, it may not seem like it, but it does. Um, and you're as Ray Tanner said uh, in the statement today, 
our, you know, expectations are to compete for SEC and national championships. And, uh, you know, when that's the case, you, uh, you know, you, you can't be stuck. Uh, you have to make a move and see how things develop. I mean, even if it is you hire a coach that maybe doesn't come into this program with the resume Frank Martin did back when he was hired, uh, which was four NCAAs in five years at Kansas State, big-time winning, big-time players. Uh, even if you don't, that guy doesn't have the resume, sometimes he can get it unstuck one way or the other. Now, as we all know, these hires can go a number of directions, um, especially if you end up with a mid-major. Uh, sometimes you hire Darren Horn. Sometimes you hire Nate Oates. I mean, it just kind of depends. Um, you know, you got to have a guy that's connected and recruiting that can recruit. Um, my understanding is, before we get into potential candidates here, that the administration, the BOT folks in charge, they're wanting to invest uh, in the program. Now, what does that mean? Um, you know, will it mean they're going to go try to break the bank to hire somebody? Uh, probably if the right person's out there. But I also think it means investing in more support staff, investing in facilities. Uh, you know, they've been almost quietly putting sinking money into the Carolina Coliseum as a practice facility. But I think we all know a standalone thing, uh, a standalone uh, basketball practice facility, uh, maybe way down the road, a new arena. Uh, I think we all know those things uh, are things that when you look at the South Carolina basketball program, uh, that could happen. Now, I know the new arena thing uh, is kind of me <laughs> talking about it, uh, but I've heard other people talk about it. I don't know whether that's an echo chamber kind of thing. Maybe they listen to the podcast or read my stuff on the site and they're repeating it. But, you know, I've, I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard that that's not something down the road that's off the table. You know, the CLA is 20 years old. Uh, it, it's probably in a lot of ways not ideal. Uh, I compare when they build that building to when the White Sox built the new, what was called the new Comiskey Park. Um, they did that in at the end of a, you know, Major League Baseball with stadium construction. I mean, there's whole, there's books on this, like eras of stadium construction with the White Sox, you know, forked out all this money and they built a new Comiskey Park. And it was kind of like a lot of the other stadiums, you know, at the time. And then boom, the Orioles go and, and open up Camden Yards, I think, within a year. And then that's when all these retro stadiums started coming online. Uh, and you see it, you know, when every new ballpark in Major League ball is, is kind of like retro and all that. Well, the you know, when they built the Colonial Life Arena, you know, the big-time arenas in the league were Thompson Bowling in Knoxville and uh, Bud Walton out at Arkansas, which it was it's modeled after. Um and Rupp, and those were all big, 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 big buildings. Uh, and at the time, you couldn't get a ticket to South Carolina basketball at the Carolina Coliseum. So it, it just kind of was at the end of an era. And then the new facilities you've seen around uh, the SEC are like Ole Miss and Auburn that are very, very nice but small, you know, smaller, like 9,000 seats or something. So, you know, maybe, that is, maybe that, that'll happen down the road. I don't know if that's even a carrot you can throw out to a new coach, but I uh, certainly think investment in the program, that very broad term, uh, is a positive sign uh, when you're talking about moving forward. So I, uh, I uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I hate it. Uh, just from a personal standpoint, uh, you know, Frank Martin – uh, is the type of coach that if I had a son, I would send him to play for. Um, you know, I think 
he's a lot, uh, he's a very misunderstood individual uh, from a lot of people that all they see is the, the sideline intensity, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, in basketball, you're right there. The crowd's on top of you. You don't have a, you know, you know, you don't have uh, your back turned uh, to the, to the crowd. A lot of the time they can see what you're saying. You don't have a headset on or a visor or whatever. Uh, and that 10 yards that you have in football, or you're not in the dugout like you're in baseball. Um, and, you know, so it's right there. And, and so people, you know, they get that impression. What he, what, what he was saying is no different than any football or, or baseball coach. And, and what he said, what he said during games is really no different than a lot of the big time head coaches do in practice. Uh, in basketball around the country, it's just yeah, that's, that's more of a PR thing. So I didn't mind that. Um, much respect for him as a human being, as a man, and what he did at the University of South Carolina. Uh, you know, gave it his best shot, and it was anytime you're somewhere for ten years. Steve Spurrier said this when he left Florida. He's like, yeah, twelve years, a long time. You know, sometimes it's best just to get on out of there. Um, and that happened. I mean, you know, the last two years, I don't think have been. There hasn't been any uh, mistake that a big portion of you guys, the fan base, after every loss, when's he going to be fired? You know, that kind of thing. And then, look, sometimes that happens when, you know, somebody's been there for a long time. It also happens when you, you basically have a month where your program's on top of the world. And then, you know, I don't think anybody had any sort of expectation that, you know, the next year the Gamecocks are going to the Final Four. You know, P.J. Dozier and Ralph Elder leave unexpectedly. And, you know, they have to sort of rebuild. And, you know, I think I think folks were willing to give Frank some time. And I think, too, I think it was that third year after the Final Four when the season was called off because of COVID right before the SEC tournament where, you know, that team had enough quality wins to get in the big dance. The problem was – unexplained losses, you know, uh, and the team before that, that finished 11 and seven in the SEC also had that, but that team was very young, very inexperienced and had to kind of find itself. And they did amazingly enough, uh, finished with a 500 record, 11 and seven and got a double buy in the SEC tournament. Um, that's another thing, you know, I don't think, uh, people were too happy about what South Carolina under Frank Martin was atrocious in the SEC tournament. And, you know, for those that have been around this program for a while, you know, Darren Horn was pretty bad in the SEC tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, you know, Dave Odom and Eddie Fogler routinely, you'd have, uh, you know, you'd have guys, um, you know, the teams go to the Saturday in semis. You know, Odom took one all the way to the finals one year. It was a second NIT team. South Carolina – had some history of being pretty solid, stealing a win or two in the SEC tournament under some of the previous coaches, and that just didn't happen. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, do conference tournaments matter anymore, folks? I don't know. Do, do they matter? Nah, I, I don't know. Not after what I saw happen to Texas A&M this weekend. And then the fact that on the selection show yesterday, uh, they were talking about Virginia Tech, and they're like, well, this team wouldn't have been in had they not beaten Duke in the ACC finals. I'm like, Jesus, I mean, yeah, that's what? You know? Uh, so so there you go. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's it in a nutshell uh, right now. I think, uh, you know, Frank Martin uh, will always be remembered 
for that final four. And I, and I know right now it's, it's probably not, you know, there's probably going to be some hard feelings. Okay. Uh, but I also believe that, uh, you know, years from now, everything's going to be okay. And we'll all sit around and honor the final four. And hopefully, hopefully guys, that's not like a, a one shining moment and, they, and this team still stuck sucks and, you know, or sucks. And all of a sudden they didn't suck. I mean, mediocrity can kind of set in, but, uh, you know, hopefully this next hire can raise the level of play for South Carolina basketball. When any new coach comes hope, you know, that's, that's the big thing uh, about it. Um, new hope. Uh, look, I, I know some of you are in the, Ray Tanner does not deserve a chance to make another hire. And uh, I get it. Um, You know, baseball uh, obviously had a big series win this past weekend. Hopefully we'll turn the season around. I have my doubts about it still. Um, So I get it. I I get it. You know, the Shane Beamer hire worked out though. And and I'm going to say this, you know, Chance Miller, the associate AD, he's been heavily involved with decisions for a while. Um, but his only two coaching searches, one ended with Shane Beamer for football. Uh, right now, that is working out. Uh, I think uh, if you read some of the recruiting information and uh, look at what they did in the portal and all that, you know, there's a lot of excitement, and there should be. Um, and, you know, finishing seven and six, you know, that's not something that's going to set the world on fire for your program, but it's a big deal because people are talking positively about it. Even Devonnie Reed, uh, the transfer safety um, from Central Michigan, said, hey, it's hard to turn a program around like that in the SEC. And it is. Uh, and they got some nice wins, disappointing losses, but, you know, three really nice wins, I think, against programs South Carolina recruits against and needs to beat every single every single year if they can. I mean, they don't play North Carolina every year, obviously. But you need to beat those teams, and, and they did. Uh, so that was the one hire. And then the, the soccer coach, the men's soccer coach, Anon, was the, the other big hire. And I think hiring the women's swimming coach from Florida or the, the sorry, the men's and women's swimming coach from Florida um, to take over the swimming program was the other and kind of minor sports. So sports are, you know, look, Ray Tanner has a thriving uh, bunch of sports that people, you know, don't uh, – don't really follow <laughs> uh, a lot of, you know, women's sports, South Carolina is almost second to none. Soccer is good. Uh, softball, I think is probably having a rebounding year, blah, blah, blah. But in, 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 nobody, you know, like, let's be honest here. People are very proud and happy of with, with what Don Staley's done with the women's program. It's a national power. It's unbelievable, unprecedented success there. Uh, but let's just be honest. The, the football, men's basketball, and baseball, uh, that kind of drives the bus at South Carolina, uh, no matter how good the women's team is. And, and you've got to have success in those sports. And men's basketball is a revenue sport. You make money on men's basketball. <laughs> yeah. And in football, of course, but then you lose on everything else. So men's basketball needs to be good. Apathy had set in with the fan base. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and so what happens moving forward? Cause I know that's what you guys want to hear. <laughs> um, my opinion is this thing could go a number of ways, okay? Um, I think one is you go make a splash hire, okay? 
Uh, and that would be Sean Miller, in my opinion. Um, now, the baggage, uh, what will that happen? Uh, LSU just fired Will Wade. Um, but the Gamecocks are looking into it. You know, I, I tend to believe that right now, you know, with the climate in men's basketball in the SEC, and, and everybody would anybody would tell you this too that's associated with it. You can't really afford to sit around and worry about somebody with NCAA baggage. Auburn certainly didn't, and you see how it's paying off for them. You know, uh, it's either guys that you know have had some baggage, like like LSU hiring Will Wade to begin with. You know, they came with a reputation. Um, uh, you either hire somebody, you know, you can hire somebody with baggage or at least somebody that knows how to work the system. I also think uh, the transfer portal and NIL uh, in this sport is a big deal. We talk about it a lot in terms of football, but basketball, it's even bigger. I, I think, you know, NIL, you know, the worth of a big time basketball recruit uh, to me, you know, because those guys are more known entities. I mean, people are talking about, uh, a school paying a quarterback $8 million, that dude better be Trevor Lawrence if you're going to pay him $2 million a year, okay? I, I'm sorry, you know, because I just I just think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there's some other, other things at play with football. Basketball, most of your elite guys know that they're 18 months away from cashing in big. And be, remember, NBA players make more than NFL players uh, as far as salary, guaranteed salary goes. So you got guys that are definitely going to be millionaires in 18 months. And so, you know, you go ahead and make it worth their while. So that's going to be big. I, I think the Texas Tech with Chris Beard and that group and, and really that Virginia team that beat him in the finals a couple of years ago, uh, those schools had some transfers, right? Uh, Virginia had an Alabama transfer that was good. Now, Texas Tech, almost their whole thing uh, was – you know, these guys were transfers, and a lot of them were from lower levels. So so you have to have somebody that can kind of uh, negotiate that. So, you know, is that Sean Miller? I uh, wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Dennis Gates uh, is kind of a guy from Cleveland State uh, that's a long-term deal. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland State's a tough job, 10 and 21. Uh, and then he uh, he's got them winning. Uh, they did not make the tournament this year, uh, but he made it last year. You know, those one-bid leagues, it's hard. Um, he was on the short list at Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, and he went down the path pretty good. In fact, there was an ESPN article that said he was a leading candidate. Then all of a sudden, earlier to yesterday, I think they hired Mike White from Florida, which is a surprise, uh, as their, their guy. Um, and he's on Missouri's list. They're open. Thing I like about Dennis Gates, uh, Leonard Hamilton, despite what Florida State did this year, that build at Florida State was impressive. Uh, you know, getting them in that league in the ACC, and Florida State's been good at times in basketball over the years. Don't get me wrong; I still remember the George McLeod era when they were in the Metro. But man, oh man, you know, in the ACC like that at a school that is resource strapped right now uh, across the board. I mean. Being a part of that type of build, uh, I think you're much better set up resource-wise in South Carolina. Um, but he's a good one. You know, Richie McKay, uh, who's the head coach at Liberty, he sort of does an interesting deal. He uh, he kind of runs that Virginia offense. Uh, we know Liberty made it last year. Um, 
You know, he was a coach at New Mexico for a while, Colorado State. He's done his best work at Liberty. Uh, and so, 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 yeah, I don't know. Wasn't really that good at Oregon State. Wasn't really that good at New Mexico. Has a great reputation, though. And he would certainly bring the Virginia style uh, into the SEC. Now, we have to ask yourself, would that work? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. I mean, the SEC has a bunch of athletes. Uh, but, boy, that uh, the pack line and shooting and, you know, ball control and all that, that's uh, that's different. You know, I would – I would think that would be something that you would look at and go, hey, you know, you can win your share of games doing this. It's almost like kind of running the wishbone. And I don't know about that, you know, because I don't think it's that hard to recruit to. Uh, Tony Bennett certainly doesn't doesn't have a problem recruiting at Virginia. Um, but uh, McKay's 56 years old, so we'll see. Matt McMahon from Murray State. Now, really like this guy. Uh, 43 years old, uh, Shane Beamer head football coach. They were both at uh, Tennessee together as, as graduate assistants. So they went to grad school together. They know each other. I think Shane's been tweeting at him and the head coach at Louisiana Tech, who also was there. Uh, McMahon has been at Tennessee, App State, UNC Wilmington, then was an assistant at Murray before taking over, I think, when maybe Steve Prom went to Iowa State. Um, So – if you can get past the fact that the last coach Carolina hired from Murray State, Steve Newton, was awful, and understand this is a different guy, uh, you know, he's 153 and 66. I mean, they went 30 and two this year. Uh, I think he's an up and comer. I mean, I'd, I'd, you know, I, like I said, I'd prefer to get a hot make a hire like Sean Miller, just to be honest, just because uh, I think for all of us, you know, all of you out there, you know, and, and that would be my main concern. Uh, you guys can kind of rally behind a guy like Sean Miller that's been uh, at the highest level, that's won at a big-time program, that's won at Xavier, that's 422 and 156, and go recruit, that kind of thing, that's proven he can do it at this level, mid-majors or a mixed bag. That said, to me, Mac McMahon is a different type of mid-major. I think, you know, he's a guy that, that, that could probably work out really well he's enthusiastic and he's a winner i mean you, you know like i said I, I don't know that he deserves the murray state's been good for a long time you know mick cronin coached there i mean they've been very very good but you know and, and coaches have had mixed results going from there uh however i shoot i, I think he speaks for himself um lamont paris at chattanooga is a guy that uh, obviously is one. Uh, he's gettable. Um, and he was at Wisconsin for a long time under Bo Ryan and Greg Gard. Uh, and he's been five seasons at Chattanooga. They've, they lost 20 games. The, the program was kind of gutted. So they lost his first two years. And, boy, they've skyrocketed. They're going dancing again. Uh, Chattanooga is another one of those good mid-major jobs. They have some tradition there. I like the Wisconsin background. Uh, I think winning at Wisconsin is similar to winning at South Carolina. If you want to get right down to it, you have to kind of be resourceful and then get what you can and then coach your butt off. Uh, and he did a good job in the portal with Chattanooga too. So I, you know, the portal is going to be important folks. I mean, that's, that's one way as we've seen with football to get players uh, and they probably get sometimes better players than uh, you would have otherwise. I mean, look, I, 
quite frankly, Frank Martin did a good job in the portal, uh, adding the pieces he did this past year. Uh, Bob Ritchie from Furman is going to be uh, in the in the uh, in the mix. Um, he is a guy that uh, has been in the state, assistant at Charleston Southern, assistant at uh, Furman, took over for Nico Medved at Furman, and he's 111 and 46, 38 years old, young, and he covets the job. Uh, something to be said for wanting the job. It's also something to be said for not making the NCAA tournament. I, you know, I watched Furman this year. Boy, I mean, they were close. <laughs> I mean, that that shot from Chattanooga went in. Uh, I think that would make him an easier sell. But I also think that, uh, you know, here's someone that knows the state uh, and has a great reputation as a recruiter um, and as a winner and covets the job. Uh, I think if this were last year, Bob Ritchie would probably, uh, probably, I mean, he may have ended up with the gig, to be honest. Uh, but this year, you know, things are a little different uh, just in terms of also what the admin has been saying. You know, behind the scenes, I had a conversation this weekend uh, with somebody familiar with the, the Board of Trustees. And um, I think people are sick of losing. And they realize South Carolina's got money. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, really, you think? And then they want to go make a big splash. You know, that's – and, look, a lot of folks that have been around a while in leadership, they remembered the days of Mike McGee, and they remember that, you know, when they made a search, when they had a search for a major, you know, men's basketball or, or football, I mean, he hired Ray Tanner in baseball too. You know, that guy was going to shoot for the moon. And uh, not saying that that's the answer – for every sport, every time, because it's not, you know, you're not going to get a Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier, um, Eddie Fogler, uh, you know, fall into your lap. And frankly, I thought he made a mistake hiring Dave Odom over Greg Marshall, but that's a hindsight. So, you know, you still got the NIT banners, I guess, whatever. But uh, (laughs) I, uh, I think behind the scenes, they, they really want the athletics admin to try uh, to get a name, and that would point towards Sean Miller. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think Rick Pitino is realistic uh, in terms of just Rick Pitino wanting to be at Iona. Now, could his loss? I mean, his loss in this conference tournament, and they're heading to the NIT. I think could that have been? Could that could that have reset his calculus? I don't know. To me, it maybe would reset it to where uh, I need to stay so I can at least get them to the big dance or again or try to win a game or something. Um, could, they, could it reset that way? Yeah. Uh, but could it also say, oh, you know, I'm kind of want to be at a place that's in a big conference or whatever? Probably, maybe. I don't know. I, I almost said probably. No, no, no. Because that, that, that's going to mean you guys are going to be like, hey, uh, JC said Rick Patino is coming. No, I didn't. Uh, do, do I think there may be kind of a phone call or something at some point? I don't know. Maybe I'd pick up the phone and see. Uh, he can only say no, and and even though he's seventy years old, that's a that's a transformational hire. Rick, Rick Patino, like seventy is the new fifty these days. Rick Patino, uh, he coached five, six more years, and maybe more. And uh, you want to talk about a connected recruiter and a guy that can win at just about any style. You know, you, you think about his style at Kentucky, almost like Steve Spurrier, his style at Kentucky versus his style at Louisville. 
you know, big difference between going up and down the court like he did at UK, then coming back to Louisville and they, they played sort of different. Um, BJ Mackey, Wake Forest assistant coach. I'll say this about him. He's uh, been a valuable member of Steve Forbes staff, uh, just from what I've heard. Um, Nico Medved, who was at Furman, who's now at Colorado State. Ryan Odom, Dave Odom's son, who's at Utah State. Uh, and another name I, I wasn't really aware of, Jeff Bowles, who is uh, head coach at Ohio U. He's, um, you know, that's that's where he's been for a while. Uh, you know, was an assistant at Ohio State under, under Thad Mata, I think. So Jeff Bowles at Ohio University. Been there since 2019. Don't know exactly what that other school is there. But anyway, so uh, so there you go. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, mixed emotions about Frank leaving. That's kind of a broad list, you know, and, and then you never know who may pop up. Mike Boynton, uh, Gamecock uh, alum, uh, is on the list. Um, the hot board that John Whittle from the Big Spur put up. But – I just don't uh, – I don't know that it will happen. That's a $10 million buyout. I think that Oklahoma State's taken great care of him through what I think is a, a, a BS NCAA ruling, honestly. <laughs> um, I just don't uh, – you know, I and, and that's loyalty. And, and that loyalty goes deeper than wins and losses. Now, look, Oklahoma State's a, a good, good basketball job with tradition in a really tough league and the bottom could fall out. Don't get me wrong. And, and you know, if you can reset somewhere, great, but uh, I just don't see it with, with what's taking place specifically uh, at Oklahoma state. I just don't, I don't feel like the timing with him would be right. And I think people agree with me. So uh, there you go with that. So I, uh, I don't expect Greg Marshall to be in the mix. Um, not that, I think it's cut and dry what he did to get fired at Wichita. Uh, I think I know enough about the situation to know there's some question as to whether or not it was that bad. I also know <laughs> for a fact that uh, Greg Marshall's reputation precedes him and University of South Carolina in, in particularly. Now, you know, back when they hired Odom, would I go back in time and tell everybody to hire Marshall? Yes. When they hired Frank, I thought, you know, Frank Martin, great decision, uh, probably a little bit better, you know, fit uh, at uh, Carolina than Greg Marshall, but Greg Marshall was my number two guy, you know, go make him a big offer. I mean, he's from the state, proven winner. Uh, those of you that want to want them to recruit a little better numerically with the rankings and stuff, you'd be disappointed because Greg Marshall recruits a lot like Frank Martin, but, uh, you know, where Frank Martin did. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But uh, like I said, Frank, all right, emergency podcast here. Frank Martin, 171 wins at South Carolina. Actually, when they beat Mississippi State in the regular season in Columbia, he passed Frank Johnson, uh, who was number two on the all-times win list, uh, who was 169 and 172. He lost – he had a losing record, actually, but 169 wins. Of course, nobody's caught McGuire's 283 wins yet. Uh, but Frank Martin ends up number two on that list. And I'm, I was, uh, people, some people got mad at me for it because you know, they're, they're so frustrated on the message board. 
Uh, but I just casually mentioned how, well, you know, you, the top three guys are named Frank of the winningest programs in the history uh, of the program. So, um, and, uh, you know, in, uh, in football, it's Steve Rex and Jim, by the way, <laughs> but three guys named Frank have led this program to as many wins as it's had now. And also, you know, look, Frank Martin's tenure, 10 years, like I said, at the top, it's a long time. It's a decade and, you know, five years removed from the final four, uh, you know, and quite frankly, this is not something that should come as a huge surprise uh, for those that have kept their ear to the ground uh, the last couple of years. And it just doesn't, um, it doesn't come as a surprise. And um, I think that, you know, I don't think that not making the NIT cost him, uh, although I do think, you know, I have serious reservations about that particular committee and really the whole, the whole selection process. I mean, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I just think the NIT is ridiculous. Uh, it's a mid-major invitational. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's the Birmingham bowl now where it used to maybe be the, the Outback bowl, if that makes any sense. Um, I just think, I think it's crap. And I think that committee just goes straight off the net rankings and has, uh, and that's what cost Carolina. I mean, Vanderbilt in over the Gamecocks, come on. You know, well, the only reason that their net ranking could possibly be higher than the Gamecocks is that stupid efficiency. And I know some of you love it, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing you for I me. Mean, you know, hey, to each his own, to each his her, to each her own. I mean, you know, you, you, you guys love analytics. And, and I don't blame me. I think they're very interesting. I just don't think they're kind of like star ratings. You know, the and ESPN has their um, – prediction engine or whatever and you know they include that the star ratings for football in their thing and i'm like i just don't know you know you're you're, you're throwing data in there that I, I don't think really you know matters i guess um and just like efficiency i don't think matter you know and what happened was when they created the net you know you, you have your andy katz's of the world and people like that that you know, live by Ken Palm. And then, so you need to really get this in. And, and they did do some research and uh, the teams that are higher in those categories tend to win NCAA tournament games. Not always though. And so I just don't think it should be a hard and fast thing, but anyway, that's just kind of, uh, just kind of how it is. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, I, it, it, the, the fact they didn't make the NIT, like I said, I, I don't know that we still, wouldn't be here next week talking about this or later this week or whenever. Uh, but I thought it was crap. I mean, I, I just, you know, the, the net ranking and all that, but um, you know, the new coach is going to have to kind of consider all of that. We're, we're kind of getting to the point with, with that stuff. I mean, you look at Wake Forest being left out of the tournament and all where, you know, you better embrace it because it looks like it's here to stay and, you know, get you, get you a guy like uh like the money ball guy from the movie, the baseball movie, uh, they can kind of uh, help with all that. So anyway, but yeah, good list of candidates. You guys, if you, you know, I'll talk about this more later this week, probably have another episode on Wednesday. Um, you know, guys, if, uh, you know, you, you, you look at it, it's, it's not a bad list. Um, I think that uh, you guys should go do some research on some of these guys and decide for yourself. Uh, I really like the idea of a Sean Miller. Um, 
don't know as as Whittle's reported on the site that you know because of the NCAA stuff that that would that would work out. But um, I do like it. I uh, like the idea of a hire like that. Uh, just because this program is in need, I think of something like that. Um, really good. But uh, you know, so 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 there's that. You know, with that, I think the good news is that. Um, you know, there's going to be new life one way or the other in the South Carolina basketball program. Um, I'll remind everyone that if they go the mid-major route, and this is a good and a bad thing because I don't think, I don't think the tr- I don't think there's any trend that's happened here. I just think it's been a preference. You know, since Frank McGuire left, this this program or this team or this the school has made a habit of hiring existing you know, high major coaches. Now, you know, that started with Bill Foster. That was a mistake because Bill Foster was kind of at the end. Uh, on paper, great hire. You pulled Duke's coach, <laughs> um, but didn't hire Bobby Crimmins. Uh, you know, George Felton was an assistant, did well, but you replace him with a mid-major disaster, right? Eddie Fogler was at Vandy. Dave Odom was at Wake Forest. And Darren Horn, disaster, mid-major. Frank Martin, not a mid-major. K-State came in 10 years. It ended like it did, but he got him to the Final Four. You know, I mean, uh, I know one out of 10 years in the NCAA tournament, two out of 10 postseasons is not what you want. But the Final Four does. I mean, people are like, well, the Final Four counts how much. It, it matters. I mean, I don't think you can live forever off of it, and they didn't. But it matters, and it matters a whole hell of a lot more than – you know, Odom making one NCAA tournament where they fell on their face against Memphis and, you know, winning the NIT with two teams that should have been in the big dance, in my opinion. I mean, that's three years that, that uh, of time with him and only one with Frank. I'd also think, you know, if we're counting up NITs, obviously the old NIT rules, Gamecocks would have been safely in multiple times, you know, probably half the time Frank Martin was here. But, uh, you know, you don't really – in my opinion, and I was like this when Odom was there, you don't – the NITs are not uh, are not something that, that you go – you know, I was I was livid about the war chest of credibility comment, just to be honest. <laughs> when Eric Hyman said war chest of credibility for Dave Odom, um, you know, I, I thought, shoot, he's underachieved. And then, sure enough, you know, the next two years were not that good. He did leave the table set for Darren Horn pretty well, but Horn didn't do anything with it. Uh, thanks to Cindy Searfoss. Caldwell Banker Bank Kane Real Estate, married to a diehard Gamecock fan. She's been in the upstate over 35 years and will help you with the real estate needs. 864-414-5271 or C Searfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbkane.com. That's C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbkane, C-B-C-A-I-N-E.com. Right there, Daniel Morgan Avenue, my hometown of Spartanburg. She's uh, got the experience. We know the real estate market's weird. Uh, give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271. Also want to help thank, uh, even though we're not doing a mailbag today, I'll get to those Wednesday. You guys can load me up with coaching search questions. We'll probably uh, take a lot to do it. I help consulting. If you're a business owner, uh, you're always looking to save time and money. That's where I help consulting can help. I help as a Gamecock owned and operated company whose only mission to help businesses save money, which is to help businesses save money on expenses. 
Whether you may be paying too much for credit card processing, internet insurance, or anything else, iHelp can find your business the most savings without sacrificing quality. And remember, if iHelp can't save you any money, you don't pay them anything. That's right. If they can't help your business, it's no cost to you. So call or text my man, Daniel Owens, 843-372-5713, or visit iHopeConsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. That number, 843-372-5713, iHope Consulting. How can I help you? Um, all right, one more thing here. Spring football practice starts tomorrow. Um, certainly, we're all looking forward to seeing what uh, Spencer Rattler looks like and some of the other newcomers did have a, uh, a transfer portal note and two notes, actually uh, personnel wise, since we last talked, Jalen Dickerson, I mean, I would say bless his heart and mean it, but you know, bless his heart these days, I think is a F you. So I'm not saying F you to Jalen Dickerson, uh, you know, heart goes out to the young man. How about that cliche? Uh, just never could get healthy, retiring from football, going to be a part of the coaching staff. Uh, you know, always hoped he could he'd get it back, turn around. And, you know, this past year, he, he really had a shot, but man, just his body just, uh, just gave in again. So it's, uh, it's one of those things. So if you're, if you're counting scholarships, the game guys have to get under by the time, you know, August rolls around. I think they were about, I think they're about 10 over, 9 over right now. I'd have to get that number. Um, there's another one you can take off. And, uh, yeah, so so there's that. Oh, another three three personnel things <laughs> on football. Devontae Holloman's finally hired. Uh, I think they had to wait and go through a process with the NCAA to make sure they weren't violating any rules with him. Joins the staff as a defensive analyst, uh, former Gamecock. Uh, great player, great coach, won a state championship at South Point High School. You know, Devontae Holloman's a brilliant individual and uh, probably is a rising star uh, as far as coaches go. And so that's good. Also, Tony Morrell reported today, Corey Rucker, a uh, transfer portal receiver from Arkansas State. He's set to visit. And, you know, Tony thinks the Gamecocks are in good shape there. I mean, this guy caught – in one game, a bunch of passes. I can't remember if it was 10 or 11 or 15. I don't know. It's it a high number uh, for the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. He's from Yazoo City, Mississippi. Guys, I think if the game pass get him, I'll, I'll feel like, you know, my feelings on the receiving core will be complete as in a positive way. I still, you know, even with Wells and Van coming back, and you know, you hope Xavier Leggett and Amarian Brown do well. Landis Sampson's coming in. Even even with all that, Jaheim Bell, hopefully they use him there. Uh, you know, even with all that, I, I still thought, man, they need one more game breaker. And then this guy fits that that bill pretty well. You know, probably not quite at the level as an Antoine Wells. They call him Juice, Juice Wells, but really, really good. And so I, I think that guy's important. You can get that kid. Uh, I think you're – Really putting some weapons around um, Spencer Rattler, and you know, because you've already got the running backs. Uh, tight end's going to be thin, but you, Stogner is a really good player, and we know Bell plays some there. And Trey Kenyon had a really good season last year, and you know, you got some walk-ons, and, and even Trey Jones, I think, can play in a blocking situation. But uh, you know, you've got the backs. I mean, you know, you, you all of a sudden, personnel-wise, you, you're starting to talk about. 
you know, a much, much better situation personnel-wise. Now, some of you may continue to, to wonder about the offensive coordinator. I share that, uh, but I told you I was going to kind of let it go and uh, and see what happens. So we'll see uh, sort of what happens. If you want to get in on the mailbag, which we'll get to Wednesday, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or tweet to at the Big Spur Pod. Also follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at the Big Spur Pod and also on Instagram at inside the Gamecocks. And I uh, appreciate every one of you. If I sound a little somber, it's because I am. I uh, like I said, I, I I am not sad, and I'm not outraged that this happened. Um, uh, you know, some people may be, some people may think can't do any better than Frank Martin. I'm not of that opinion. Um, I just I. It's respect for Frank and respect for the person he is and the, and the coach he is and the leader he is. And uh, some of you may not agree with me uh, because it's a bottom line business, but uh, just for my money, I, I thought, you know, he's a heck of a man, a heck of a coach. And like I said, we'll never forget the final four. Um, you know, that's nobody can take that away from South Carolina or from Frank Martin. Uh, but uh I am not – I don't want you to think I'm just sitting here going, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, I, I think Ray Tanner, Chance Miller, they have a chance to go make a very, very good hire um, and to, to get this program unstuck, which is what uh, what I've, I've been saying. All right, folks, I hope, uh, hope you guys have had – a uh, good day. I'm sure some of you have that were waiting on this news to come down. This has been an emergency pod. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday with more. Also, JB and Goldwater on Wednesday. It should be a great week, folks, because spring practice starting and all that. So we'll see. JC Sherbert signing off. Hope all you have a wonderful day.